Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tools uh, with Tradeify. Uh, delighted this week to have John McGrath, who's based, our first guest actually based in Ireland. So welcome, John. Some, some of you will know John. John is a man in a shed. It's his YouTube channel, so you can go look that up. Um, and John is an electrician by trade, but actually has a passion for carpentry and whiskey, and his YouTube channel covers both. Um, so we'll dig into that uh, in a minute. And John's based in Mooncoin, uh, which is uh, kind of near the city of Waterford. I think it's the closest sort of big yeah, town just... to, to Mooncoin. Um, also not too tar- far from Kilkenny. Um, and I saw actually when I did some research on this, a frequent winner of the Tidy Towns competition or scores very highly on the Tidy yeah, Towns yeah. competition. Is that fair? Is it is it a very tidy town? Yeah, it's a tidy little village. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those that know, it's famous for the song "The Rose of Mooncoin." Um, I think a lot of Irish people would know that song. I'm not sure everyone, yeah. unless they're into sort of Gaelic athletics, would uh, would know it. But uh, welcome to the show. Great to have you on board. Yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. Fantastic. And um, just to start, maybe it'd be good. You're an electrician by trade. What prompted the sort of um, YouTube channel? And is, is that really to sort of serve your passion in woodwork? Do you want to maybe talk us through that? Yeah, um, the YouTube channel, I was always into making stuff, a bit of woodworking. Guitar building is what I was doing. And I just kind of started recording it with my camera phone in the shade. And it kind of just took off. It was kind of something I got into as a hobby and it has just exploded. And we kind of came a second, I suppose, business nearly at this stage. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because you're almost you're almost up to 50,000 followers on the YouTube channel. I think I saw last month at the number. Um, so that is significant enough that that is becoming, a, I guess, a second business for you, right? From advertising yeah. revenue and other things around that. Um, is that. Is that the case now? Yeah, it's 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 a second income at this stage. Now, I only ever intended it to be a hobby, but it has kind of grown, and uh, yeah, it's kind of surprised me in that way. So it's interesting the push and pull of trying to keep it at a hobby, and then also the kind of business interactions that I'm having with the channel as well. So it's quite an interesting uh, development, I would say. Yeah, and, and what came first, whiskey or woodwork? Ah, uh, the woodwork. Uh, a recent tasting for whiskey is kind of what I've had. I always kind of enjoyed a whiskey, but I've recently kind of got into it a little bit more. I'm not a huge whiskey drinker now. It's a nice little drink every now and again. So yeah. I watched your. Um, I watched the episode on the, the roundup of the best whiskies of 2020. Um, so I'm not a huge whiskey drinker, but I am now going to try. Um, I think try try the winner uh and yeah. see what i think there see what, see what turns my head but uh, yeah and it's really it's really cool you're doing that and then you, you're sort of by day an electrician and you've been doing that for for a long time you've been in the business now i think for 20 years do you want to maybe talk how, how you became an electrician what got you into that yeah i suppose i was never going to go down the academic route um i did go in and do electronics both my grandparents my grandfathers were one was a refrigeration engineer the other guy worked yeah. in the railway so he was doing electrical work in the railway and I, he used to bring me with him I used to do electrical work with them, so that kind of piqued my interest there, and it was, okay. kind of pushed pushed me towards it. So yeah, that's. So I, I started in college and doing electronic technology. I was offered an apprenticeship, didn't really like electronics, and then I took the apprenticeship straight away. And it's been kind of, yeah, ever since. Electrician is the way I wanted to go, you know. Yeah, yeah, cool. And where's the uh, where's the business today? Um, well, we're based in kind of Waterford, so Moonkind is five minutes outside Waterford City. Yeah. So we, it's myself, my business partner. We have a full-time employee who's permanently uh, in one of the factories we service. So we service mostly pharmaceutical companies and a few other different things like that. So it's it's a small, but we have we have a good turnover, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good now at the minute. 
Yeah, and so um, do you want to do you want to walk through how you how you sort of landed on that sort of building the business and and that customer set the, the pharmaceutical companies? Yeah, I suppose um, I qualified in two thousand and three. I started working for myself in two thousand and five, and it's it was kind of slowly built from there. It was all word of mouth, different contacts we picked up. Uh, luckily, a guy that I was working with, he got a pretty good job in the, that particular pharmaceutical company that was just starting out. He put in a good word for us. We got an opportunity there. And 10 years later, we're still there and the company has extreme or expanded. So uh, it's one of our main contracts now. So that's kind of how we got in the door. Oh, fantastic. And do you do any residential work or is it, is it mainly really yeah. that sort of? We do. We do everything. We do commercial, industrial and residential. Um, but most of it, I'd say what we do at the minute is commercial and industrial. We do look after a large estate as well. So there's a lot of uh, domestic work in the estate. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And at what point did you decide it was the time to hire someone? And did you hire an apprentice first initially or did you hire another electrician? Um, we had a couple of guys working for us pre-recession. The recession was particularly different when it hit 2008. And then yeah. it was just the two of us after that. And then, of course, um, the pharmaceutical company, they were looking for a permanent staff for us to supply some permanent employees. So that's how that opportunity came about. Great. And how has that, how's that been, that transition from sort of smaller to then adding that extra people and managing them? Has that changed how you operate the business much? Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to have that extra income from that employee. And he's kind of got a permanent position in where he is. So that's good. And of course, using uh, the Tradeify software has been absolutely fantastic. I've Great. found over the last while as well. So that's really helped with that end of thing, especially with regular invoicing and that. And uh, re the regular payments we get from the, the business is absolutely fantastic in that respect. And how, how easy did you find that one of the challenges that I hear from everyone um, is kind of finding and hiring great people? How did you how did you go about that? I get, it's it's who you know, I think, especially yeah. around where we are. So I, like we're in at the trades a long time. So we know we knew lots of guys. So we had it literally by chance bumped into a guy. He was looking to get into one of the factories. He said, if there's anything going, just let me know. We knew he was a good guy. And so as soon as the opportunity came up, got on the phone to him straight away and say, listen, there's an opportunity here. Are you interested? He jumped on it straight away. So that's how we found him. Oh, fantastic. And yeah. has sort of the unfortunate, you know, which is, you know, every every country, anyone who speaks in any country, it's pretty much the same, different differing levels, different different stages. But how big an impact was COVID for your business? And I guess with those sort of uh, industrial and pharmaceutical contracts? Yeah, well, funny you should ask that. I'm actually in isolation at the minute. Oh, I tested right, okay. positive for COVID um, a week ago or just over a week ago now. And uh, I'm actually out of isolation tomorrow. So that kind of happened at a, the worst possible time. We had three yeah. big, big jobs starting. We were under pressure for time anyway. My business partner, he had to isolate before me. Then I had to isolate. So we lost a lot of time. So yeah, it's been a bit of a nightmare. The first lockdown, uh, it was 10 weeks. So nobody knew what was kind of happening. It was 10 yeah. weeks, everything shut down. So we were literally 10 weeks, no work, full shutdown. And uh, after that, it kind of got busier and busier. And because some of the pharmaceutical stuff is classed i suppose as essential works that kept us going you know yeah 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 sorry to hear that and yeah. so how how was the um, and were you vaccinated before you got it yeah i was fully vaccinated so um my business partner he kind of got sick he kind of got some cold symptoms you know he, he was vaccinated as well so his symptoms yeah. weren't too bad but he just you know not to take a chance he got tested came back positive i got tested it came back negative so i thought good i'm good to go but yeah. the pharmaceutical companies we work for they require a negative test five days after last contact before you can go back in uh, so okay right I had to get another test that came back positive. So that's where I, I am where I am now. Wow. Yeah. That's 
tricky stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, hopefully you'll be back back soon. So, how many days? You say you've got one more day left. Yeah, tomorrow. I get back to st- start back tomorrow. I can't wait because we have yeah. so much on now at the minute. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I mentioned when we came on, because some people might be thinking about the, the wall behind you, um, which I think is one of your projects uh, on your channel. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, it's just a bit of, I suppose, us, they call it Wayne's Cutting. Or it was actually my wife's idea. So it's just made from moisture-resistant MDF. So 12 mil board cut into strips, put on the wall and painted. And it just gives that lovely effect. So yeah, it was definitely yeah, yeah. It was one of the woodworking projects or carpentry projects I've done on my channel. Fantastic. And, um, you know, aside from hiring, which you talked about, which it sounds like you had a good, good handle on what's been the main ch- and, and COVID, obviously, what's been the other big challenges when you sort of set the business up and, and grown it up over the last, uh, last few years? Yeah, um, so it's definitely getting going, trying to get the business off the ground, getting word of mouth or getting business in, getting it up and running. I think that's the biggest thing. Once you get that boulder moving and get that yeah. business up and running, once that gets going, it's great. But 2008 was an absolute disaster. Obviously, the recession that kicked in 2009, the phone stopped ringing, and it was yeah. three or four very lean years after that. But we we survived it, and we came out the other side. A lot of guys didn't, I suppose. So we were in a kind of a good position. And uh, yeah, so then building the contacts with the pharmaceutical companies, that grew that grew into another business. And uh, so we serviced kind of several businesses that grew out of that one business. And that kind of really took off for us, you know. So we're lucky we're in a position we're in there. We're, we're kind of very stable. And, and what do you think you did sort of, what was the things that you did that, that made a difference during that recession that kept you kept you afloat? Those other businesses you refer to that sort of went under, are there any, any advice you can give people? Because, you know, I think with um, COVID and everything else, unfortunately, there's there's going to be other sort of bumps in the road. Were there things that you did that you would do again that, that you think kept the business afloat? Yeah, I suppose we were in a good position. We had no real overheads as such. So we kept everything nice and lean, no big loans, kept everything nice and efficient. I suppose that was the main thing. So we were able to survive on very little income for a long time. And it was tough. We, Like I said, we got some very lean years. But uh, every day, get up, get into the van, get out there. Because if you're out of sight, you are out of mind. So keep meeting people, keep contacting people, keep chasing work. When you have no work, your job is finding work. That's the kind of mindset you have to have, you know. And once you grow on that and deliver, I suppose, is the biggest thing. Deliver on what you say you're going to do. That's how your business will, you know, grow. Yeah, the keeping lean is really good advice. I think it's one of those exercises yeah. um, I often advise, uh, often small businesses or people I've learned to work, friends or family I come across, which is like, how, how long could you go without, you know, income? And it's just a really yeah. interesting question when people answer that. And some people will say, oh, I, you know, a month. Uh, and straight out of the door, you're like, well, that's a problem. You know, you need to think about how do you, you know, and not saying it's easy, uh, but, you know, how do you think about reducing that overhead or maybe now isn't the time to expand or any of those types of types of questions. Exactly. That's great advice. And when you're out there in the van sort of looking for business, how did you approach that? You mentioned that you'd, um, it sounds like a lot of it is word of mouth and people you know. Um, were there other avenues that you pursued to, to win new business? You talked about the estate that you service. Um, we tried advertising, that kind of thing. It never really took off. Most of our business always came from word of mouth. One contact right. always leads to the next contact. We were lucky in that we had loads of trade contacts from years of work. Uh, my business partner, he's a few years ahead of me again. He had plenty of contacts as well. And I suppose it's just one job leads to the next job. And if you can deliver, you're only as good as your last job, really. And yeah. if your last job, if you deliver excellence, then you will be looked for, I suppose. That's, that's the way I would say it. And so they did yeah. come looking for us. Yeah, great. Yeah. And how did you meet your business partner? Actually, the guy I served my time with, the company I served my time with, he was an electrician working for them. 
So I kind of served um, my time with my business partner. He was a full-time, or he was a qualified Sparks at the time, and I was an apprentice. So uh, yeah, that's how we kind of met. We've been working together over 20 years, I think, at this stage. So it's a good relationship. Yeah, and, and did you both just uh, mutually say at some point, hey, it's time for us to set our own thing up? Yeah, I kind of always had it in my mind. I was always heading the direction I wanted to work for myself. That was my biggest thing. And uh, yeah, the kind of opportunity arrived. I kind of made the jump. I said, listen, I'm going to go do it. I was in a position of time where I was still living at home. I was, it was, I had no overheads. I just went out, got my own van, got it up and running. Yeah. He had a few more overheads. He had a few family commitments. It was harder for him. So after about six months, things work started coming in. I said, okay, now it's time. Let's go do this. Let's make it happen. Like, so he jumped ship and came with me then as well. And, and now you're sort of doing, you know, the company's going well, you've got the YouTube channel. How do you balance those two things? The sort of uh, it's, it's difficult yeah no so the youtube channel like i said it started out as a hobby it was very much just a way of me just sharing what i was doing it's kind of my passion it's something i like to do it's a bit of creativity but now that has it has really grown it takes up a lot more time so it's almost a second job at this stage right, it's tough to right. balance the two and what like i was saying with the push and the pull of the youtube channel especially now that it's generating a few pounds you kind of have to it, it's kind of taken on a more business oriented stance i would say and uh, that's kind of right. i would like to kind of keep the whole hobby vibe to it but it's quite difficult now at the minute yeah and you know what what sparked the sub the explosion of it i mean i'm always intrigued by this um every uh i hope you don't mind you some people don't like the word influencer but people that yeah. have um, amassed a sort of reasonable size following on on youtube or instagram um was there a moment in time was there a, a particular video that you you did that suddenly caused that growth a couple of videos that began to take off the planter video the garden planters that just yeah. exploded and it exploded two years in a row so the second time around it really took off and i got like ten thousand subscribers in a month from that one video so it's it's once the algorithm picks, picks something up people really like it your channel just kind of takes off but you know there's a hundred videos before that before you actually hit that you know point of uh, exponential growth i think so yes. uh, yeah yeah and and how many are you doing a week now on average. It depends. It depends how busy I am in work. I can maybe get one out a week. Sometimes I get two out a week. It depends. Just it really depends on how the, the day job is going, you know. And is it tempting you to do stuff on the day job to do an electrician channel as well? Or you, you want to keep this purely as a, as a hobby project? Yeah, I, I thought about it. I have shared some stuff on Instagram, the projects that I'm doing and work and stuff. But a yeah. lot of the places I work, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to right. film, especially if there's R&D going on in some of the pharmaceutical places like that. So I just couldn't bring camera equipment in there. And we're usually yeah. so yeah. busy, so flat out. I haven't, I wouldn't have five minutes to turn around and talk to a camera. I'd need a camera guy, I think, in order to make it work. But uh, yeah, so I, I would like sh to share that I have been asked. So I do get lots of messages. Hey, we'd love to see what you're doing out on site. So I do share snippets of it on Instagram. Yeah. But it, it, it's tough. It would be tough to film, uh, especially the places I work. And is that people that have seen your sort of carpentry, seen you doing the woodwork stuff and then decided, um, hey, I know you're an electrician by day. What about what yeah. you're up to then? Is that is that the type of response you're getting? Yeah, that's it. I, yeah. I've done... I've done a few electrician videos. I mix in the electrical stuff every now and again. I give electrical advice, especially when a uh, workshop advice, setting up a workshop, doing electrical stuff. I actually did a video uh, how to advising apprentices starting out. That got a lot of views. That did really well. So I got loads of emails and stuff from that from guys saying, hey, we'd love to see more of your uh, electrical side of things. But it's difficult. It's difficult to show it, you know, so. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So there's, there's um, are there are a lot of younger people who think watching the channel who are thinking about getting into the trades um, yeah. and are looking at you doing the, the, the carpentry side of things and, and trying to look for advice. Yeah, is that, is I get it. Quite I, common? 
I got a lot of emails, uh, especially from like that video that the apprentice video that I yeah. did. I got I got a lot of lovely emails from all over around the world from guys who were just starting out in apprenticeship saying, hey, thanks, man. I'm just getting into this or that's kind of inspired me to go and do it. I always wanted to be an electrician. I'm going to do it. Asking for advice. I try and answer as many as I can, especially those type of emails. Anybody looking for advice, yes. I always try and give it, you know, so. That's fantastic. That's really, really cool. And because and, that's a, definitely a challenge is attracting more people into the trades. Do you, do you see that in Ireland the same as everywhere else? Do you think it's a similar trend? Yeah, there's a trade shortage definitely here in Ireland as well. I suppose uh, they don't push you towards it in school. It's If right. you're not college orientated, sometimes the teachers lose interest. So I don't understand that because it's a great career to go into. It's especially, I mean, there's so many avenues you can go down in all the different trades and even have your own business at the end of the day. And yes. I suppose two, 2008, that crash, that was pretty horrendous here. I mean, it was like 360,000 uh, construction workers like that overnight were. So that decimated the trades. And then it was hard to get guys to go back into it because when you can just, everything shuts down overnight and that people I suppose are worried about the next time that happens. But right. um, that was a difficult thing, but they are they're actually actively now searching for more trades. People, there is a shortage of trades people here too. So it's a great career to get into at the minute. Yeah. It feels like we've gone the other way now. Um, and that's, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's a worldwide issue, which is there's just not enough people who are qualified and can, can do trades. And so I think it's a great, it's a great, actually it feels like it has more longevity if anything versus yeah, 2008 yeah. in terms of uh, skill set and, and type of work that you can get. Um, and, as you, and you make a good point, and it's a great way to build your own business and have a very successful career on your on your own terms. Um, and is, is the ambition for you to keep growing the electrician business, um, you know, find more customers, hire more people? Is that the plan or um, are you happy where you I'd, are? We're kind of good where we are. I have, we have, like myself and my business partner, we always talk about we have a great work-life balance at the minute, which is very important. You know, I get to do my stuff. He gets to do his stuff. Um, the bills are paid. We have a good income. We have some really good contracts. Uh, we have a full-time employee. We possibly might take on another guy. We're getting very busy at the minute. I suppose one of the biggest dangers is as the companies we work for expand, they'll need more from us. So we will have to provide that if and when that time comes. Yeah. But, uh, def- you know, that's the kind of situation we're in. But at the minute, we're good. So we'll see how it goes. I think play it by year. And any advice, <clears throat> you're one of the first people I've spoken to who's managed to achieve that. I know many have the ambition, what you refer to as work-life balance, you know, just having some level yeah. of balance and, and not working. Uh, all hours. How did you, how did you do that? What do you think made the, the difference and really allows you to do that? Uh, I suppose it's all the work you put in beforehand. It's the years that it takes to get up to that level and to actually yeah. win those contracts to that to a point where you say, right, I'm just servicing these businesses now. That pays a good living, and yes. that's enough. That's enough for me. That's the kind of level you want to be at, and uh, yeah, it's good to go from there. But it's it's difficult. It's it's a lot of work to get to that position, I suppose. It's, it's all the hours and the, all the lean times you put in beforehand, and just being consistent, deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on. That's a big thing. If you can turn your business into a business that other businesses really depend on, and you can deliver for them, then you're indispensable, and that's that's how you get there, I think. And did you did you have a number in mind? Not I'm not asking the number, but I guess what I'm asking is, did you sort of a few years ago? sit down and say, okay, if we get to this level of kind of income, this is where we want to be. Um, was there like a goal? I guess it's the, another way of asking that question. Um, uh, we didn't really have, I suppose, a goal or a set figure in mind. We just wanted to build uh, a regular income, a good regular income, where the business was t- sustaining itself, taking care of itself, and we were doing well. Yeah. Once we could get there, we said, if we can keep it at that level and keep a good work-life balance, then that's kind of the golden zone we're in. And we're there now, I think. And any, um, you talked about the pharmaceutical company, uh, that must be an interesting, I've had, I had an um, electrician on 
who worked in prisons and had worked at, uh, I think, an MI6 facility or, or something of the, right. of the like. Have you, it, working in a pharmaceutical company, does that have its own challenges? Is that interesting? Yeah, it's very interesting work. Um, lots of different projects. Um, they're always chopping and changing, especially when you're in the R&D side of things. They're always pushing hard to get product to market and stuff like that. So they can literally install a whole line. Yeah. They can chase the product, trying to get it to level. But if someone beats them, then the whole line comes back out. It's rechanged, chopped and changed the whole time. So it keeps us on our, on our toes. You have to be ready to go, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting line of work to be in, I would say. Yeah, I can imagine. And, um, you know, aside from word of mouth, you know, any advice you talked about advertising didn't really work. Um, did you, how else did you sort of, aside from word of mouth, generate that new business that you've won? That was any literally looking was for us. Yeah, yeah, it was all word And like I said, once you get that opportunity, you know, deliver. That's it. Like be on time, do everything you're going to say you're going to do and deliver it on time and deliver it well. And if you can do that consistently, then you will grow. Yeah. Now, cool. I mean, there's loads of opportunity. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on, carry on. Sorry. I'm just saying there's, there's loads of opportunities now, I suppose, for guys starting out. If you're thinking about, you know, growing a business, the online stuff today is absolutely fantastic. Getting your name out there through all the different things. I think you had, um, was it Jordan Fardy yes. on? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his approach, his kind of modern approach to the whole social media aspect of things is absolutely fascinating. I think that's an avenue that a lot of guys could look at, you know? Yeah, it does seem like, you know, I think if you're starting a business today, you know, having a Facebook, even just the basic things, having a Facebook page and making sure you're, um, you know, I talk to lots of people, they, most people say advertising doesn't necessarily work, but when actually you dig yeah. into that, what you do find is actually having a good listing, being kind of very easily discoverable on Google, all those types of things for your location does work, right? That does make a big difference. Lots of people will will either find you that way or, or find you to be more credible once they've looked you up and seen you're, a, you know, a real business and, you have presence and photos and all the other stuff that goes with that. So I think that is, that is important. And do you have any plans, you know, the, the sort of YouTube channel, have you ever thought about that becoming a full-time job? Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily mean the channel itself, but even just um, sort of following your passion and making money from doing the stuff that you seem to love, like the, the wall behind yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was tying with the idea of maybe making stuff to sell. That yeah. kind of thing. I was building a few things and I just I was toying with that idea. But the channel itself is generating a, a nice little income now, especially with ad revenue and stuff like that. Now, that was never my intention starting out the channel. It has just become that. But uh, like I say, I kind of our business is going well. That's my main focus. The channel is kind of my side focus and my hobby. So what becomes of that kind of becomes of that. Um, I'm happy where it is. I'm happy that it's grown. I'm happy that it's generating an income. And uh, it's kind of just keep it, I suppose, keep pushing it as a hobby, sharing what I'm doing. And uh, try not let the business kind of side of it get to it too much, I think, because it might kill the content a bit if you feel like yes. it has to be fo forced at something like that. So I'm trying to keep it as, hey, listen, guys, this is just what I'm doing in my workshop. Maybe you guys want to try some of this too. And uh, yeah, it's continuing to grow. So I just I keep doing that, I suppose. Yeah, I think there's an element of um, people that actually set out to make money from building a YouTube channel, the ones that often fail because it doesn't have the authenticity or the, the thing that got people yeah. interested in the first place, which is it's it's kind of authentic and real and it's a, it's a true hobby that you there's a passion there, you can see that. Whereas if you're trying to build something around uh, making ad revenue, then it, it, it's probably trickier. So I think that's, that's yeah. good advice for anyone that's listening and thinking, right, I should go and start a, a YouTube yeah. channel tomorrow and yeah. you've got to have a certain appeal to people. And then, you know, for any listeners who haven't watched your channel, there is a the whiskey channel. Um, yeah. If they're thinking about trying Irish whiskey, what would you recommend to someone who's never, who maybe drinks uh, bourbon, bourbon or uh, Scottish whiskey or other things? What would you recommend as an entry level? Uh, I know well, you talked a lot about Jameson, but uh, I'd be interested in your opinion on that. 
Yeah, I, uh, Jameson is kind of, it's, it's, I suppose it's the biggest selling Irish whiskey in the world, but it's a mass-produced whiskey, so it's, you know, I wouldn't recommend it as, you know, if you if you really wanted to taste what a nice Irish whiskey yeah. is, but def- definitely Red Breast 12, I think is my top recommendation if, uh, if you want to taste That's the really one nice I made Irish whiskey. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or Fantastic. if you really want to be extravagant, extravagant uh, the Red Breast 21-year-old, which my sister has got me for my 40th birthday, that is an exceptional whiskey, but it's pricey. But, it uh, is yeah, four times the price of the other one, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a once in a, a lifetime, I think, buy it, try it kind of bottle of whiskey, you know, a special occasion one. And where, where is that made? Where is that made in Ireland? That's Middleton and Cork again, the Irish yeah. distillers. They they are like the biggest whiskey producers um, in Ireland. They have Jameson Powers, Redbreast. There are so many of them are made down in Middleton and Cork. Just the whole yeah. yeah, the whole Irish whiskey industry collapsed and almost completely shut down, and everything was consolidated through that one distillery in Cork, and it has exploded on the world stage again in the last few years. You know, it's I think it's going to outsell Scotch in the states for the first time ever. Oh really? This year or next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's at. Oh now. wow! Oh yeah. amazing. Cool. Look, we always finish the show on a on a handful of um, questions, some of which I think I might know the answer to. Um, the first one is if you were going to pick another trade, um, and you might have a surprising answer. <laughs> what would it yeah, be? Yeah, yeah. Not a plumber, anyway. That's one trade I wouldn't do. Uh, carpentry, I suppose. Furniture making, I think, would be a a, a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. The second question is, uh, you know, when you are on site, what's your go-to lunch? Lunch, lunch. I'm not a big lunch guy. Definitely a breakfast guy. There's a couple of places we frequent and treat ourselves to a nice breakfast every now and again. So a little fry up every now and again yeah. Is, is, yeah. is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice treat. It's a good good start to the day. And then your go-to tool brand. I mean, you use lots on the obviously YouTube channel, but when you're an electrician, do you have a, a electrician. go-to brand or yeah, tool yeah. that you use? Uh, at the minute, I'd say the power tools or the battery stuff. That's all Milwaukee at the minute. I love what yeah. they do. Especially the whole hog, a fantastic tool for electricians. It's, uh, yeah, I'd say it's one of my favorite tools. When it comes to hand tools, it has to be Nipex. I don't use anything else. They're just no. the, the best. Uh, Multi tool, Letterman. A big fan of Letterman as well. So they were yeah, kind of yeah. my three top brands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Milwaukee and Nipex come up a lot, but Milwaukee definitely seems to be. Um, yeah, yeah. The leader in the small number of people I spoke to on the podcast is the leader of the, the power tools. Cool. And then. Um, it's a funny question to ask you right now, but we are we are looking at, you know, uh, with things opening up a bit more, you know, if there was a sporting event or a music event you could go to, what would it be? Trevor, you will be able to in the next 24 hours or so. Yeah, um, they're still not fully open here in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, electric, electric Picnic is one of the biggest events, uh, musical events here in Ireland. So I, we had tickets for that on, before this whole thing happened. So we are waiting for that to happen again. It's a big, massive festival. Actually, one of the, the estate that I do all the electrical services for, they have the All Together Festival. They host it there, Coramore St. Waterford. That's a brilliant one as well. So that's another one I'm looking forward to as soon as everything comes back up. Yeah, what did you, what's the expectation in Ireland when things opening back up? Um, a lot of stuff is open. Indoor dining is back, so pubs are back. But a lot of the sports stuff is not back. We still can't do the jiu-jitsu. Um, we can't do any indoor training yet. Um, so they're hopefully, I think it's next week, they're going to announce something. So maybe some more of the musical events can open up. They've allowed some small, limited numbers of sporting events and stuff. So that's kind yeah. of where we are at the minute. Cool. And then the, the last question is, you know, anyone else? So anyone else in Ireland or anywhere else that you come across that you think would be make a great guest uh, on the show? Ah, let me see. I kind of watch all the makers. There's one maker who was in the trades, I think, in England, Peter Millerband. He had, uh, or Peter Miller, sorry. He had um, a 10-minute workshop he does. So that guy would be pretty interesting. He was a cabinet maker. He worked for himself. He was self-employed. He might be a good guy to talk to, I think. 
Fantastic. Great. Well, look, yeah. um, we wish you a, I say a speedy recovery, but it seems like you're in pretty good form. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. had a little impact, which is good, but uh, yeah. glad here you're going to be able to get back to work. And uh, thanks again. And the, and the YouTube channel is really impressive. So those people that haven't, where, where's the best place to find you for those people sort of man in the shed, but uh, do you want to maybe share how people can view you and find you, track yeah, you down? Just search John McGrath on YouTube. I'd be the first guy pops up. If you want to find me there, you'll find all my links will be in my YouTube description. So that's, that's the best way to get me. Fantastic. Yeah, John McGrath. Yeah. Just put that in Google. Um, yeah. You'll find John and you'll find his channel. And it's, it's worth a watch. Uh, like I say, I did watch the review of whiskey. So if you are thinking about trying whiskey, it's worth a, a, a watch for that alone. And then also there's some great um, stuff on the on the woodwork side. So fantastic. John, really appreciate you joining and spending the time. Um, enjoy the rest of your evening. And as always, uh, for everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, rate, review, do all the good stuff. If you can give us feedback, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, until next time. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Behind the Tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business. If you enjoyed the podcast, let us know by leaving a review and be sure to tell your mates about it. Email behindthetools at tradeifyhq.com if you or someone you know would be keen to join the show as a guest.